0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I'm so excited to say we have Jenny A. Lee, an entrepreneur, documentary producer, journalist, and seed investor, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Hello. There you go. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. episode of non-technical is brought to you by me. I'm just a girl standing in front of a podcast audience asking you to sign up for my email list to stay tuned for upcoming stand-up shows and other exciting announcements. I promise to only email you when I have something important to say. Trust me, I don't want any extra email either. You can sign up now at bit.ly slash hello from alexis. That's bit.ly slash hello from alexis. Jennifer Eight Lee is an entrepreneur, documentary producer, journalist, seed investor, and emoji activist. She has co-led an angelist seed investment fund for Y Combinator, was a 2018 Fast Company Most Creative Person in Business, and is a Sundance Sloan Fellow. She's a co-founder and CEO of Plimpton, a literary studio that innovates in digital publishing and the founder of Emoji Nation, a grassroots group whose motto is Emoji by the people for the people. As part of that organization, she successfully lobbied for a dumpling, hijab, and interracial couple emojis, among others. A former New York Times reporter, Jenny is a producer of The Search for General Cho and The Emoji Story, both which premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. She was also an executive producer for The Price, which premiered at South by Southwest, and an associate producer for Give Me Liberty and the Emmy-winning Chasing Coral. She's also the author of the New York Times best-selling book, The Fortune Cookie Chronicles, which established fortune cookies are originally Japanese. Jenny's recent work focuses a lot on misinformation, having co-founded the Credibility Coalition and Miss Infocon. She is a co-chair of the World Economic Forum's Global Futures Council for Media, Entertainment and Sport. Jenny Lee, welcome to the pod. Hi, how are you? I'm doing so well.
1: How are you? I'm very excellent in the snowy day in D.C.
0: Snowy here too on the East Coast. Are you a fan of the snow or do you prefer warm weather? I like snow because it gives
1: a sense of passing of time.
0: Oh, I completely agree. I found that when I lived in a climate that was temperate all year round, I forgot when things happened. Yes. It felt like time never passed.
1: And it's also really <laughs> strange because, like in San Francisco, summer is the mm-hmm. coldest season, which is oh, very confusing. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I never was able to attribute when anything happened because it it was like a cartoon character wearing the same outfit every day, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Jenny, I'm so excited to have you here. We were connected by a mutual friend of ours, which is one of my favorite ways to have people on the show. But I'm of course familiar with your work online and I'm really stoked to talk about you today. I'm excited to be talked about. Maybe (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about it? Are you ready? Are you ready to talk about yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, it's,
1: you know, it's interesting to talk about myself instead of about my work because usually I'm talking about my work, but let's, you know, these are some of these questions I've never been asked before. So we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: I can't wait. There's a first time for everything. So tell me this, how did you spend your last day off?
1: It's also strange because it presumes that There are days that are, quote, on and Mm -hmm. there are days that are off. So I I guess Mm -hmm. that idea of off is you mean off from work because you're always on... In, yes. in some other way like if you're a mother you're still taking care of your kids you know mm-hmm. or you know if you're, if you're socially you're still like hanging out with friends or whatever but I think if you mean like my last day not having any professional obligations yes I went to New Jersey and I'm cleaning out the basement of my parents house in Oradell, New Jersey which is basically all our family stuff from I mean my brother found his hospital discharge certificate. From a long time ago? From literally when he was (laughs) born, yeah. And I found some of my baby clothes. He found his college really? acceptance letter. I mean, our parents, they've been very good at storing things. Like, literally, I think I found, like, a dress that there's a picture of me in from, like, many, many decades ago.
0: Really? Paint me a picture of this basement a little bit. Like, is it a finished basement, unfinished basement? Are there lots of boxes? What are we working with?
1: Unfinished basement, lots of boxes, lots of paper boxes. There was a flood at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So the books are destroyed and moldy and, like, whatever, which is great because at least it's very simple about, like, what to do in terms of like taking stuff out from it. Um, Absolutely. That was good. My diary from when I was like 18. How long did you keep a diary for? Let's say like 96 to like 2008, I think on and off. But like I was very boring. I'm actually kind of wow. glad. One portion of got damaged by the flood. And at first I was like really heartbroken. Mm. But then like of the stuff that I did read, I was like, I was not interesting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what were some of the themes? <laughs> I mean, literally said like what I did day by day. Like I had this meeting and I had this homework and like I'm doing this kind of project or like, oh, I'm taking this really? play. You know, in some ways I'm like, oh, maybe it's okay that like some of this is true. Because then there's no proof about how mm. uninteresting I was. Like not about inner turmoil. I mean, there's some I had like a breakup because, you know, I moved to China and like totally fair not to... Mm. You know, this is, you know, a long time ago before. I mean, yeah. AIM, there was AIM, but there was no like FaceTime yes. and there was no like international calls or international calls
0: was definitely harder to maintain an international long-distance relationship at that point. Yeah.
1: So I bought a bunch of now waterproof boxes. And then, you know, I have okay, like, there we I go. I have yeah, Jenny Sentimental is like pictures from camp, summer camp. And like this like little scrapbook that I made, you know, for my guess I made it for my boyfriend in sophomore year, but then I have it, which is a little bit strange. So I don't know if I made it for myself, but I feel okay. like I would have made it for him. Sophomore
0: year of high school or college? Of college. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, okay. God, like a bunch of stuff that I bought in Tibet when I was in Tibet and then you know a bunch of old rice cookers <laughs> several rice cookers <laughs> because like at different stages in my life I would always buy a rice cooker and always you know, end up in oh, this sure. basement okay a lot of like annual yearbooks from Chinese camp. My mom's books from when she got a master's in education. It's like going through an archaeological, like, you know, layers and layers and layers.
0: Yeah. Like a journey into the past. Yeah.
1: And my dad's computer books. So it's like Java, HTML, you know, it's like learning the computer. Yeah. It's like
0: word perfect. (laughs) Is there anything you found that you're going to take with you back home? I
1: mean, not quite I'm going to take back home, but I took out. So my brother was in a Asian American fraternity at Cornell and his call name or whatever his you know his his call sign I don't know even what they call it but his nickname was Eeyore. Yeah I don't And there was there was a, there oh. was a giant <laughs> Eeyore. That's about this big. It's okay. huge. And like I, I was like, oh, that's where it is. Do you want it? And so I brought it home for him a long time ago. So
0: That's nice. Yeah. You said that's your younger brother? My younger brother. Yeah. Do you know why he had the name Eeyore at his fraternity? He's definitely not a Tigger style personality. So you imagine
1: like at the opposite I see, I of a see. Tigger personality, I think they ended yes. up at Eeyore, if that makes sense.
0: If you had to identify with a Winnie the Pooh character, which one would yours be? Piglet. Piglet. Why piglet? Perky and little and pink and like chirpy. Like, it's just like my vibe. Okay. So speaking of your family, is there anything that your family did growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then later realized was a little out of the ordinary? When I was in elementary school, we would have bake sales. And so people
1: would bake cookies and cakes sure. and brownies and like whatever. But like, you know, we're Asian, Chinese, like we don't bake. In fact, if you go to fancy apartments in mm. Shanghai and Beijing, like the super fancy, like bougie like, yeah. Yeah. Like condos or whatever. They don't have ovens. People. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, baking well, is I a very Western thing. And so, you know, the mm. expats go to like Beijing and China and they get to their apartments and they're like, oh my God, like, where's the oven? How are we going to do Thanksgiving? <laughs> and we're like, one, you can just do roast up like all of us do. And For then sure. two, it's like, oh, that's so interesting. Is that their first thought? is, well, how are we going to do Thanksgiving? We made, at a certain point, dumplings, and specifically turkey dumplings, because (gasps) most dumplings are ground pork, but you can't get ground pork Mm -hmm. in Western supermarkets. And we live not in Chinatown. We live, like, on the Upper West Side. But but Americans eat a lot of turkey, and they eat ground turkey. So we could buy ground turkey in the supermarket. So we would make dumplings with ground turkey. And instead of the bok choy, you would use lettuce. You know, actually a great ingredient for dumplings is ketchup. Lots and lots of ketchup. Ketchup is like really? sugar and vinegar. Yeah. has a lot of good flavoring. In it. Ketchup is an amazing no flavoring. Yeah. So if you wanted to just make yummy dumplings and didn't know exactly what spices to put other than like soy sauce and salt, a lot, a lot of ketchup will like make it really yummy. So, and then, the, you know, our dumplings sold out, you know, I don't know, we do four for a dollar or something and they would sure, sell out sure. like that. And that's when I decided, oh, this is the way to go. Like we don't have to bake, but we will make fried turkey dumplings. And then they more than carry their weight in the bake sale.
0: Oh, my God. That sounds delicious. I've only made dumplings one time, but it was a wonderful experience. I don't think I could do it by myself. I think that I really needed my friend talking me through it. (laughs) That makes sense. Do you still make dumplings using your family's recipe? Well, it's interesting because it's not a family recipe. It's sort
1: of like at some point, like we started with my mom's recipe, and then I just adapted it for what was realistic and what- I like, Yeah. Oh, sure. We have a big dumpling party at Sundance every year, and we probably- Now Sundance this year is virtual, and a lot mm-hmm. of us are still going to go, but we might have a dumpling party anyway.
0: Wow. Okay. Really compelling reason to go to Park City. Just saying. So is there a fad, and this could be something fashion or cultural, whatever, that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy? Like seventh or eighth grade, um, it became very cool for- Asian American girls to get curl perms. No, I don't know what they're called. Like where
1: you would get spiral curl curls.
0: How tightly spiraled are we talking? Maybe like
1: one and a half fingers in diameter. Like like tight. Okay. And yeah. it was definitely mm-hmm. like expensive and cool, and and they were hard to do. Yeah. And so a lot of my friends went through them, and I at a certain point also decided to go through. And the thing is, my hair is, like, very fine, and it's very fragile. So, like, perming it is a fucking disaster. Mm. Oh, no. And I, I don't think there are that many pictures of me from that era, but it definitely was like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't
0: know, $70 back then, which was a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Especially... Yeah, when you're like a preteen or a teen. I don't know that it makes me cringe, but it's very chuckly to me because
1: a lot of things have come in and back out. Like bell bottoms have come, come mm. in and back out, Doc Martens and like kind of heavy frame glasses and like yep. A-line dresses and all that. But I don't think the perm thing really has come back in a major way since like the late 80s, early 90s. I, I definitely like chuckle. It definitely helps you place someone in a certain era when you see their hair. So that would have been like 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, like that kind of era.
0: Yeah. But you don't see yourself bringing that style back anytime soon. I don't think society as a whole is ready.
1: I mean, I'm definitely not going to do like a I'm not a frontier on hair kind of girl, right? Like I no, never did okay. mohawks, you know, never did that nope. like skunk streak or anything like yes. that. So yes. I'm kind of definitely, you know, a, a late adopter <laughs> when it comes to okay. hair trends. <laughs> so I will not be the cutting edge of uh, hair fashion in any time.
0: That's okay. Hair movements need leaders and they need followers. I don't know that I'm also making any waves in that space either. I let it go until it's so bad that it gets commented upon and then I get a cut.
1: I, I let my hair grow until it gets annoying and then I yes. go and get a cut. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, it's yeah. like too long and it like kind of is your, sure. on your neck, but it's too short to put in a ponytail. And then you either like lean into it and let it grow. So it gets past that awkward stage or you cut it.
0: So Jenny, tell me this. Do you have a catchphrase or other words or phrases that you or other people think are specific to you? So
1: I do have a nervous tick um, where I say,
0: am I making sense? Does this make
1: sense? Or like, does that make sense? Or am I being clear? It's something like that. And someone pointed yeah. out it's a very feminine
0: tick to double check. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've heard, if that makes sense, that's a big one. Yeah, big I, think,
1: I think I think that's it. I think that's what, if that makes sense. I think that might be the thing that I said, which is actually pretty tense and intellectual. And you're like, does that make sense? I think, oh, does that make sense? If I, that, if makes, that sense? makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. that makes sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I- Totally. It hedges whatever you just said. If you throw an if that makes sense on the end, it's sort of like, it gives you a little space. It walks it back a little bit. You know? just a little bit. Yeah.
1: So I think that is my a, a tick that I didn't necessarily know that I I had. And then you know there's there's obviously just like phrases that you have cuz you grew up in New York City. Um yeah. So we say What are some of those? We say I'm waiting online instead of in line. I think rest of the country oh, of says in line. And then New York City, we say, oh, my God. yeah, yeah, she, like, oh, get online. That's interesting. Yeah. I never
0: and thought about that. That's a whole
1: citywide thing. So I don't know if that's specific to me, but it's it's very funny because yeah. it's like in New York City only. And so there are kind of these weird little ticks that people have.
0: So you were raised in Manhattan, you said? Yeah, I was raised in
1: Manhattan near Columbia University, which is where my dad went to grad school. Oh, cool. I went to a school called Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I went all the way through elementary school. So, you know, one of our, like, fun alumni, Lynn manuel Miranda, rode on my school bus when I, we were little. But
0: oh, he, no way! Yeah,
1: but he was, like, a kindergartner, and I was a big fourth grader. So we did, like, zero mix because I was sitting in the back with the you yeah. know, older kid. <laughs> but I do remember him because sure. he had hugely long eyelashes for, like, a six-year-old. You know, really? Was, yeah, very long. Oh, <laughs> So we were on the school bus That's together. So cute. Yeah. And we just called him Lynn. It was fun. I mean, I, yeah. So it's been really amazing to see like everything. You're just like, I remember when you when you were six. And he yeah. looks the
0: same, just now 40. <laughs> that makes sense? Like, just like a bigger, older adult. version. Yeah. yeah. Just an adult
1: version of the little kid, which is kind of fun. Wow.
0: Hunter really churning out some fine individuals in that case.
1: Yes. Actually, another fun one. Youngest guy ever to win a EGOT, Bobby Lopez. So he did, he's worked. Really? A composer? Yeah. So Avenue Q, Book of Mormon. He did. Frozen with his wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was super fun. I remember in fifth grade going down to the music room and he's playing the piano. So he's in sixth grade. I'm in fifth grade. So we're mm-hmm. one year apart. Mm-hmm. And he's playing like a song I've never heard. And it was like just very strange because at that point in our like little young music careers, you you either played Christmas carols or classical music. Like there was no, there's no world where we yep. you're playing like <laughs> something that's like not one of those. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm writing a musical or maybe he's like 12. And I remember thinking like, I didn't know people who were alive could write musicals, right? Because it was all like, you know, like Rodgers and Hammerstein or like, you know, whatever. it was just such a strange concept that not dead people could write new musicals. And then not only that, there was a 12 year old and obviously then he went out and did it. Like, so, so it's really great. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's
0: God. it's amazing.
1: It's so cool. But I just remember being like so confused. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Definitely like a mind blowing moment. I know what you, you're talking about where you're like, wait, people who are alive can do that. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a musician as well growing up? I am terrible.
1: I was like, it is my greatest failing as a Chinese-American daughter that I took 10 years of piano and absolutely sang. Yeah,
0: Are you bad for real or do you just think that you're bad and then if you played for me, I'd be like, you're amazing? I'm literally like that. Like, I don't okay. like music. I don't, I mean, I don't
1: care for music. I'm not anti-music. I know other people love music and I you're... know it's a huge part of like the economy and cultural significance and whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: The economy. That's what I think when I think music. I think, what has music done for the economy today? <laughs> a huge portion of the economy, you know. Are you saying that you don't listen to a lot of music even now? I don't listen to music, no. I mean, I... I Ever? I mean,
1: you hear it like ambiently in like
0: when you're in the mall or like, um, sure. you know, weight music. So I'm fascinated by this because I listen to music all the time, almost at all times. If I'm not actively recording a podcast or editing a podcast or editing a video, I'm probably listening to music. I don't listen to music to the point where I remember, I think I bought an, the original iPods
1: that came out like whatever, like a one or two or three, whatever that was. So I bought one because I was like, oh, this yeah. is a new thing and people want, and I never opened it because I was, from my perspective, I was like, oh, this is so <gasps> much work to take all the music from your CDs and put it on your thing, this device. Like you had to rip them, I think at that point. And I was like, oh, I couldn't. So, and then I gave it away too. But it was like, oh, I should buy this thing because it's like cool and trendy and there's like neat commercials mm-hmm. on TV and like whatever. And then I just the couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Could not be bothered.
0: Wow, I can't believe that. I was so excited to get an iPod.
1: It was <laughs> just like very expensive. And I mean, the, sorry, mm-hmm. buying music at that point was very expensive. Oh, and, yeah, ridiculous. And, 99
0: cents a song. It Looking back, that felt, that feels crazy. Yeah, and then... But that happened.
1: The only reason I downloaded Spotify in the end was because there was an update to... Whatever the podcast app uh-huh. that was terrible, like it would crash all the time. It was a, just a disaster, it would freeze and it would you know, it was just blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, fuck it. And so I actually downloaded. Spotify in order
0: to listen to podcasts. And so the only reason I have Spotify right now Whoa, is wow. for podcasts. some user researcher at Spotify so happy right now. That is feedback that they are looking for, that someone downloaded it just for podcasts. But it was interesting because I remember
1: thinking like, why would I go to Spotify for podcasts given that Apple's yep. podcast mm-hmm. app works like well enough? And then one day it yep. did. And then I was like, okay. And then one day it didn't. And one day it didn't. That was it.
0: Wow. And Spotify was there with open arms. Spotify was waiting for you. They were like, come home, Jenny. It's time.
1: I had to resubscribe to everything. Um, and it was fine. I mean, it was it was fine. It was just an annoying kind of like transition, but it was that bad. when This must have been maybe a year ago.
0: I think I know the update you're referring to, actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it was terrible. And I was like, this is... I, I can't believe this. And I thought it would fix quickly and it, it didn't fix quickly. And I was like, are you kidding? But it was interesting because it was like good enough, good enough, good enough. And then one day it wasn't. And I'm like, okay, then I'm switching. But as long as it was good enough, I was I was fine staying with like, you know, the, the not great but totally adequate podcast app.
0: Yeah. You and about 42% of podcast listeners. i I wonder how much they lost during that i mean if it was like three or four percent that would be huge okay so tell me this speaking of small things that are actually very big what is the tiniest hill you're willing to die on so something pretty inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for it's not inconsequential i'm very frustrated
1: (laughs) by people who do the double hyphen instead of doing the m (gasps) dash yeah
0: and like jenny yeah Jenny, do you
1: you know
0: how much I care about this? I care about this, yeah. We are kindred spirits. I care deeply about this. You go first. I have a lot of commentary. Go ahead. So I'm just like, there's no excuse at this point, right? So one is a lot
1: of apps, like do it for you like word you like mm-hmm. da 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 the other thing is like i will share with my editor like the people with some of the work yes. me i'm like shift option hyphen m dash you have no excuse on a iphone anymore you know it like yep. you long press and then there is the is the m dash and, and by the way long press on the hyphen also works on android devices oh yeah, so I, I don't understand at this point. I mean, I kind of understand like the first time when you're like, oh, I didn't know it was there, you know, and then you're like, okay. yeah. But then when they keep on like doing that, like I have to go through and edit everything so it's not a double hyphen. Like these are documents that we send out to other People not inside our company, and I'm just like, yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't. So I don't know if it's a, a hill and you know or trivial, but but it's very important to me.
0: <laughs> no, that's very important to me as well. Okay, so several things. First and foremost, wow, do I love this hill because I'm obsessed with the M dash. I actually made a video recently about how much I love the M dash, which I will send to you, and it, it will become very clear how passionate I am about this particular topic. But. I recently did some research into why anyone uses the double hyphen instead of the M dash, because I too was like, this is unhinged behavior, right? And especially when it's like space hyphen, hyphen space, I'm like absolutely unacceptable. What are you doing with your life? Serial killer vibes. Okay. So the thing is though, it's different on a PC. There's actually no shortcut for the M dash on a PC. Is there any chance that people you're working with or who are sending you these double hyphens are not coming from a Mac? So there's one that's Max, and then two I think in Word,
1: when I use Word, so it's been a really long time since yes. I used Word, if you do hyphen
0: hyphen, it, it used to merge it. You really stumbled into something that I know a lot about. <laughs> Word does autocorrect double hyphens and m dashes. And huge breaking news is that as of a few, I think a few weeks ago, so does Google Docs. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank Jenny, one of the Career highlights of my life is that when Google Docs announced that change, they shared my M-dash video. The Twitter, the Google Docs Twitter shared my M-dash video and said, We love the M-dash so much, we added a shortcut for it. I have to see this. I love the fact that you had an M-dash video. I I, oh, I would make
1: an M-dash video. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was my career peak. That I'm like, okay, I can pack it in. Google Docs tweeted my video. I'm done. My career has come full circle as I like to say like I can drop the mic and like like go have kids yeah it's all downhill Uh, yeah yeah yeah,
1: totally (laughs) for me that I felt with like that with the dumpling emoji I was like billions of keyboards impacted yeah
0: yeah oh of course the second the dumpling emoji hit the scene you could just yeah that's it
1: (laughs) 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 I've had like a tiny piece of the 2,000 year long history of the dumpling one and then like it's just on keyboards Billions, billions of devices, and everywhere. Everywhere, it's just like a little bit of impact, but across billions, mm. get you a lot of impact.
0: That's a, a ton of impact. Yeah, I have used the emoji. You Yay! created something that I yeah. used. Like that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, I like the world is so cool. I like that impact. I will think of you every time I use it from now on. Jenny, here's a question for you. Do you believe in ghosts? I think it depends on your definition of ghosts. If you mean
1: like supernatural beings that are not like yes. in our same experiential plane. Yes. You know, and, uh-huh. and like, you know, yeah. I are they like, I mean. are they like Casper, you know, or, yeah. you know, like probably not, or like, you know, the Ghostbuster style ghost. I don't necessarily yeah. have a, a specific worldview on the supernatural being, you know, yeah. but essentially like people who were on this planet at a certain point and maybe have like passed through and are now like mm-hmm. not in physical anymore, but like, are maybe tied to a location of some sort. Yeah. So I, yeah, I totally mm. believe I totally, I don't have a very specific school of thought <laughs> on what kind of ghosts. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that there's something more than just what we can see and hear with our own eyes. Have you ever experienced something supernatural? Oh, good question. I want the answer to be yes. But I don't have a specific mm. instance.
0: What about that makes you want the the answer to be yes? But I think
1: I've been around on this planet
0: long enough, and you know I've like spent
1: time, you know, in New York mm. and in old houses and in China and like you know mm-hmm. different countries that I wish that like ooh like do 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 like coincidence <laughs> or whatever. But I just I just don't have a good, and I think it just makes for a good story, right? And and mm. I I just I'm kind of sad I don't have a ghost story. That feels real. When I was little, <laughs> they used to have like the Ouija boards, but it was, oh, yeah. were, we were kids, so they were made, they were like Hasbro style, like Monopoly board, you know, like oh, like yes, that cardboard I exactly stuff. Yeah. We're so, about. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like you need to like, up the that board like it has to be like real wood or something in order to like get the ghost excited
0: like I don't yeah, think I that agree, like 9.99 right? like, like, version <laughs> cardboard just isn't really doing it in yeah. terms of transcending the celestial <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> totally just one girl's opinion <laughs> yeah
1: okay this is this is another way that I would put it there mm-hmm. is a book Called Flatland by you know I think it was like that came out many many years ago and it basically tells the lives of people who live on a plane you know and like mm. men are shapes and women are lines and you could be like a oh, triangle a square or, you know whatever and so then one day <laughs> this plane is visited by a sphere <laughs> right <gasps> so right and so the sphere can move up and down plotting through the plane so it, the circle grows up you know and down and like disappears and because wow. it lives in three D space as opposed to yes. flat space. And so it looks like a ghost to the people in 2D space. And so I wonder sometimes that the things that we think of as ghosts mm-hmm. are 4D creatures in 3D space. You
0: said that was a book?
1: Flatland. Yeah, it's very well Flatland. known. Flatland. Flatland. Okay, fake. that sounds incredible. very mathy. And then there's a, I think there's, I think the second book's called Sphere Land.
0: I'm getting like... Plato's Allegory of the Cave vibes from that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my God, that sounds like an incredible book that I want to read. Yeah, it's very fun. That's really cool. Sometimes there are, do you ever feel like this, that there's just so many books (laughs) that you want to read or things that you want to watch where you're like, when am I going to do that? Oh, totally. That was what the Christmas break was for. Yeah, when you weren't cleaning out the basement, you were checking out cool books and stuff. The time to read is when you have no work.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I want to yeah. get to that point where you have no obligations. That's actually what, you know, with Zoom, sorry, what, what I was gonna say? Paradise is a Zoom-free day for me. <gasps> yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. Except for recording the podcast because I genuinely love it so much. This doesn't feel like a Zoom to me, but I would agree that normally with no Zooms,
1: <laughs> I'm a slightly happier game. Or no forever. scheduled Zooms. So I sometimes I'm fine if like, it's like, hey, are you free? Let's like, hop on a call. But what I hate is yeah. that Scheduled Zoom, where like you have to block your day around it.
0: Do you call people without warning? No, that'd be weird. I will actually like
1: first text, like hi, and then call, so they'll know, you know, within a close beat of each other. But I'll I'll call people without scheduling, if that makes sense. But it's, but I'll often like give
0: them a heads up. You'll throw the text out there. Does the text just say hi or is it like calling you? It's usually
1: a wave of some sort. And like, hey, and then like maybe a beat to see if they come back and then I'll call. I mean, it's it's not very common, but I think just like calling out of the blue is like who's in the hospital.
0: I think at this point in my life, my friends have all gotten used to it, but I am, I will full on call people and my friends and I will, this I've heard is crazy, but we'll just impromptu FaceTime each other. Yeah,
1: that's very weird. I mean, sometimes I'll get that. Like I have like, I definitely had a friend. And that's just like their weird thing. You're like, okay, the person calling. Like, like, like I'm the first friend. time. Yeah. yeah. They'll just like impromptu. Yeah.
0: I like it. I like knowing what my friends are up to. My friend Jeff, actually the one who showed me how to make dumplings. he will just call me in the middle of the day. Sometimes he is the best dog in the world. I'll get to check out the dog. There's a, there's a lot of good that comes from an impromptu FaceTime. No, that's true. So (laughs) you're like, yeah, 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 never FaceTime me, Alexis. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm like,
1: I would find it. I would actually think if someone FaceTimed me, it was a butt FaceTime. Like, I don't think I'd be really shocked if someone FaceTimed me.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's fantastic information for me to consider as I move through the rest of my life because I certainly, I call people. (laughs) If your friends are okay with that, it's just
1: your thing. Like that's a lot. That's a
0: good point. That's true. They've accepted it. Yeah, There there are a couple of things like that where I think they've just had to kind of be like, well, that's how she is. So, (laughs) 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 okay. I have a two-part question for you, Jenny. The first part of the question is who would play you in a movie about your life And the second part is, uh, when we make this movie, should it be a biopic, so birth to present day, or should we focus in in a particularly exciting chapter of your life? Having been a documentary producer and a sort of adjacent to narrative, I
1: don't think there is a movie about my life at this point that's interesting.
0: You don't feel like there's any chapter that would lend itself well to a film? I could have seen a documentary
1: version of... So I produced a documentary called The Search for General So, and I did one on, on mm-hmm. Emoji called The Emoji Story. And there were versions of those docs that I could have been in character as we kind of, like, searched for General So mm. or did Emoji stuff. But we, we didn't, and I was kind of conscious. So they're, they're like, I can go on an mm. adventure and, like, you know, be a host of, a like, a, yes. a thing. but. Like, the bar for movies is high. <laughs> you know, like, you have to make money. You have to, like, you have to raise, you know, at least a couple, like, several hundred thousand dollars and, like, maybe yeah. millions. And I just... Yeah. And then you have to convince people to go see it. And I I just don't see that in my life at this point. And, you know, that might be... That might, might change. I might, you know, like, heroically, you know, rescue, like, a airplane or, like, you know, or, or something, you know, like... Or, like, be yes. somewhere... Rest, you know, like, kind of escape from a war. But, like, that is not... Uh, I'm not, yeah, like being a person who does deal a lot with movies. I'm, 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 I miss yeah. that bar by like a good five miles.
0: So what I'm hearing is, it sounds like to you in order for the story to be compelling enough to get funding, get produced, et cetera, we need something high stakes. But I would suggest, what about just like a low-budget indie? What would the low-budget indie version of your movie look like? I would say there could
1: be a satire like loosely inspired by my life, which is the fact that I don't have an inner monologue, if that makes sense. Like I don't, I think most people in this world, yeah, I think like the vast majority of Americans or whatever English-speaking people have like some kind of inner conversation with themselves and about one-sixth of us don't. And I'm one of that. That one six that does not. Yeah, you can ask. You just do a poll
0: and just ask your friends. Like, do you have an inner monologue? Meaning, when you're alone or you're so you're not like talking to yourself or you're not thinking, it doesn't present in the form of dialogue or a monologue. I mean, I think in thoughts. I think a lot of people like think in dialogue, but I think in thoughts.
1: Whatever. Oh, I
0: certainly think in dialogue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: So I, I didn't know that. I think one could take. Maybe I would write something funny and okay about that. And then someone could take that concept and riff it into a whole plot, but it wouldn't yeah. be like my life. It would just be like, oh, this is kind of weird. This like person doesn't like kind of is like, you know, doesn't have a, you know, Wonder Year style like thing yeah. over their head. A sort of a, a different example is so that many years ago. I wrote a story on Uh, this idea of man dates where like men, straight Uh men go out like one-on-one and do like date like things. Like they can go to a museum or they go to a restaurant or they go to a concert or whatever. And then there was a movie called I love you man that sort of like took this concept and then just like riffed and ran with it. Right. But that is very Mm -hmm. loosely, it was only like inspired by that concept rather than it was based on the actual contents of the article. And so I could see maybe one day someone wanting to have some fun, With this idea that there's a whole class of people that don't have thoughts and words. So we just have thoughts and thoughts.
0: It's interesting because what I'm hearing in what you've said is this theme of you not thinking that your individual experience has been interesting enough to turn in to some kind of a narrative. But I find that from an outsider's perspective, I find that incredibly hard to believe. You've done so many cool things. Yeah, I guess.
1: But they're just not, you know, because you need like obstacles and you need like I just I. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean you could do like a five minute video or something like blah, 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 okay. blah, blah, blah. But like like it's really well, maybe hard we start... to sustain a like hour and a half narrative visually. I'm like looking at my life and I'm not feeling mm-hmm. it. Right. I'm like hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, not, you know, even the breakups are like, man, I mean, I have, I fun. I'm definitely a like, fun to hang out with. Like if you want to like yes. have an interesting like weekend or dinner or yes. like whatever, yes. like totally fun. But I, I don't know that I would sp- spend an hour and a half, like. Digging into my life As my life Well
0: maybe what we could do then For this hypothetical film Maybe there's like Multiple things That we could Truncate and layer On top of each other As though they happened At the same time Even if they happened At different times In your life So like you mentioned A breakup What we could do Is like throw a breakup On top of The pursuit of like Getting the dumpling emoji Put into the catalog Like could we layer things I mean it had to be
1: Comedy almost Just to Like you need a lot more plot Than my my life is giving I mean like (laughs) You know, like my plot. would be a comedy movie. It's not that it would be a comedy movie. The only path forward I could see is through comedy, if I that see. makes sense. Yeah, it would have to be very I feel clever. that way too. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I don't think there's a dra- pure drama version of my life at this point. I mean, who knows? Like, sure. I, so I could still, you know, have like wildfire, you know, or like, you know, tor- yeah. escaping tornadoes. I mean, like whatever, all the crazy things that are <laughs> happening,
0: you know, or you could see that ghost and we could make it a
1: horror. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Maybe I like, move into like an old Victorian somewhere in like upstate New York. And then like, it turns out it's haunted, you know, by like some interesting character and we become friends. Yes. And, like, blah, 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 and blah, then blah.
0: the ghost becomes your inner monologue. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah, totally. You could, I could
1: yeah, maybe that's it. Like, I always felt, you know, this, whatever, my, the, the Jenny type character has always been very self conscious that she doesn't mm-hmm. have an inner monologue. And so she goes hunting for one. And it turns out, like, it's like she finds one yes. in a, in a, in a ghost, and and that ghost. Is, oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so you you could there could be something like that, but right, but it but but it is there. We go. But, but to be clear, I'm I don't. I'm that has not happened yet, right? and I think that I would be more of a TV it. show in a way, as opposed to like oh, a yeah? movie. Yeah, I think we're going to have like okay, you know, someone out, you know who has like their conscience out there. It's got to be. Because it's very writing based, right? So you have to have much more of a character thing.
0: Okay, I hear you. Well, I'm satisfied that I think our film uh, or the series, I think that it's good and I'm excited about it now. Yeah. Jenny, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by me. You've heard of self-love, self-compassion and self-care. But have you heard of self-sponsorship? If you can't sponsor yourself, how in the hell are you going to get sponsored by somebody else, right? I think that's what RuPaul was talking about. Anyway, you can sign up for my email list at bit.ly slash hello from Alexis to stay tuned for upcoming stand-up shows and other exciting announcements. That's bit.ly slash hello from Alexis. And we're back with Jenny a. Lee, an entrepreneur, documentary producer, journalist, and seed investor. Jenny, we have arrived. We have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm here. <gasps> Fantastic. We've arrived at the lightning round. Okay. First question for you, coffee or tea?
1: I'm a social coffee drinker. So I don't really drink coffee except like as a latte and people are like, what can I get you? And I'm like, oh, a latte or a mocha. Um, sometimes I people will just make me coffee. And then I don't drink it, but I like having coffee made for me. This actually happened to me this morning.
0: Was the coffee also brought to you? Because that is my ideal way to start the day, is if somebody makes and brings me a coffee. It
1: was usually it is brought to me i think this day i think today we i had to do something so I'd, i don't even know that i got to the coffee i heard it being ground mm-hmm. i should go check on the state of the coffee actually I, I wonder <laughs> if we made coffee
0: there might be coffee waiting for you in the yeah. kitchen
1: yeah no there might be that's why because i heard it go to is like i love this coffee maker and it
0: like fresh freshly ground beans and stuff like that yeah you don't wake up and get excited about drinking coffee
1: um no <laughs> my brother needs it i'll drink tea but i drink white people tea as opposed to East like Chinese tea, if that makes sense. So I'll what do is, some Chinese tea. How
0: would, we, how would we
1: define white people tea? Little tea bags, like milk and sugar, one lump or two, like that kind of stuff, <laughs> as opposed to like Chinese would be okay. chrysanthemum tea, oolong, jasmine, black see, tea. Green well, like tea. loose leaf specifically? Yeah. I mean, some of these aren't leaves. Like, you know, chrysanthemum tea isn't like a leaf oh, at that point. Course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, my tea ignorance is really on full display. I'm a pretty ardent coffee drinker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have a favorite board
1: game? I'm relatively fluent in board games, but because for whatever reason, people in Silicon Valley like have like game night all the time and I I, yep. I I don't necessarily say that I have a, I have a favorite one, but I'm fairly, like, I can play Settlers, you know, I can play uh, Settlers of a yeah. I can play uh, Dominion, I can do um, Secret Hitler, I can mm-hmm. do, you know, I can do Monopoly. I think Monopoly is only good if, like, people know each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, but in terms of, like, a non-board game, but a game werewolf yes werewolf is like by far one of our biggest like traditions at this conference we have that used to be called news and now it's called news guys that like runs with google and that was like that was a great way for us to like bond with the people um work awesome. context. i've never heard of it yeah just called werewolf yeah like you can see the okay. cards we've had like special cards made like google even had special oh cards God. made where like one theme was in latin america and one theme was in asia and one theme was like europe so it was kind of cool.
0: That's awesome. I'm on the lookout for a new games. So Werewolf just got bumped to the top of the list. But it has to be a large group and it should be people who know each other. Like it's it's weird That's, to play okay. without
1: like with strangers or people like or, or enough people know each other and then like a couple people don't. But like it can't be like, OK, okay. we're 10 strangers like playing Werewolf because oh, or you yeah. have to play no, the no, no, game no. over and over and over
0: again. Yeah. OK, that makes sense. Good. That's pro tip for anyone out there looking to play Werewolf. We're really getting the inside scoop on how to set yourself up for success. It's a little bit like Secret Hitler, but. But not like it's it's in that vein. Okay. I like games like that. Yeah, like Mafia. Yeah.
1: Oh, very. Cool. Werewolf is
0: Mafia. How about this? Werewolf is oh. Mafia with yes. werewolves. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's cool. That's great. So, Jenny, I have one final question for you, which is,
1: what would you title your memoir? Oh, I almost had one. Actually, it was called "Can You Hear Me Now?" Um, <gasps> yeah. This oh, I is, love that. This gets into my lack of inner monologue. Uh um, yes. Yeah, I I think I might even have can you hear me now dot com or something like that. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that to be published at the sure. time that it was. Yeah. Well, maybe not yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, and also my book on Chinese food in America, the fortune cookie chronicles has a lot of first person me yeah. like stuff, but it's also mixed with r- reportage. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that gets me most of the way there in my memoir. I don't feel like the rest of my life is all that interesting from a memoir <laughs> perspective, uh, except for the, this, okay. this memoir was fun. Actually, I'll tell you what it was. It was written kind of in like that 2011, 2012 time frame as we were just becoming addicted to our devices and just like watching yes. myself transform into mm-hmm. like, art directing your own life so that it looks good on Instagram or like you can't experience fireworks without recording it, you know, or like the kind of addiction that you have to your devices where you leave your phone somewhere yes. and you don't have. So it, it was like a real time diary of feeling those changes in that wow. era. Yeah.
0: That's compelling. That's very compelling. Yeah.
1: It may be interesting much further but it wasn't interesting r- right then and there right like if that makes sense so this was all, all well, about course. our devices and so yes. I probably handed it in in 2013 I think and then um and there also wasn't good academic research to back up what was happening right and so I just like shelved yeah. it. but people were like this is really compelling writing like because it's almost like addiction it was like not quite a junkie because you know these are devices and like whatever yes but, yes. but like that very real-time understanding that this device in your hand is transforming your brain.
0: Of course it is. Oh my God. Well, I would be super down to read that memoir. Jenny, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so appreciative that you came on the pod today. Where can people find more about you? I guess Twitter. I think they could find me at Jenny <laughs> I don't
1: know that I would want to find out more about me. So I don't know. That. Jenny! I can't take it. I can't take it. I felt
0: like super interesting. Everyone's going to want to oh. find more about you. And now we know. they're going to do it on Twitter at Jenny Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I will hype you you don't have to hype yourself I'm here for you
1: (laughs) I'm totally comfortable with the idea like I'm really fun to hang out with like we want to have dinner and like she's going to make you dumplings and she's going to talk to you about emoji like she might do (laughs) like you know comedy. but like I just I just don't know that they're like what would you find I don't know it's like a whole it's like that you know archaeological dig through my parents basement you know like oh Yeah. yeah So
0: full circle. I don't know. It sounds like there was some interesting stuff in there and it sounds like there's going to be some interesting stuff online. So I encourage everyone to check you out.
1: Where there's not interesting stuff is like in the head, right? Like it's, there's just not like, as I said, my diary was really boring and I'm not neurotic enough to be sort of interesting from like a, like a, you know, writing perspective. There's a lot, but it's like very bland up there.
0: It's eclectic. I don't know. I don't buy it, but I will let you say it because it's what you believe. <laughs> and you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at non Pod on Twitter. One more time, Jenny. I am so grateful that we got connected. This was such a treat. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, thank you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.